could we could do to see a dick in one of these movies. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Portress, and we are back yet again, and I am joined by my good friend, Matt Smith. What's happening, buddy? I don't know if it's... Are you up? I can't hear. I, I'm i here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, I thought I lost you for a second. Yeah, well, if I'm coming through, then I'm here. Oh, man. Uh, welcome to the internet, folks, uh, where, uh, you know, shit just doesn't match up. <laughs> Nothing, nothing. Nothing works anyway. up. Anyways, that's that's uh, that's, that's no effects. S and M Airlines. Uh, for those of you who uh, they have like that's I was saying just before the sh- just before we uh, started the show here, uh, no effects has a lot of songs about dominatrix and uh, other stuff, and that that clues in today's sh- uh, show. We're gonna be reviewing. Lord help us, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, you were looking forward to this, right? I was not. I I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, uh, not terrible. Um, I'll start. I'll start out the show with a with a pronouncement. Not terrible. I think I'm going to agree. I it's, don't know where we'll go from there, but not terrible. Not the worst movie of the year. I can say that with with utter confidence. Not the worst movie of the year. For oh, sure. far from it. I think. So, uh, uh, but is it? Uh, does this does this live up to the hype? The sexy hype that this thing has been getting. Uh, the droves of women who drove this to be number one at the box office this weekend. Uh, we'll find out. We'll, t- we'll tell you why those women may or may not be wrong. Who knows? Uh, but so we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to, we'll talk about the Kingsman next week. I did it on my pod, my other podcast here, movie podcast, here, moviepodcast.com. Uh, we did a great review on that. Uh, if you're going to go see a movie, go see that one. Because <laughs> let me tell you, it's, it's, Agreed. I will put it, I will put it down right here. I said it on the podcast, on that podcast. I'll say it on this one. First genuinely great movie of 2015. genuinely great so uh thoroughly enjoyed that so uh but let's get into we got some stuff to talk about here let's get into a little what you've been watching what have you been watching as of late matt uh so this week it's been kind of hectic uh so i've really only watched um well a couple of things but the one like thing i want to talk about is uh the homesman finally got around to watching it the new uh western directed by tommy lee jones um written co-written by tommy lee and, uh, it's, well, it's a Western. It's, uh, what basically is the plot is that, uh, there are these three women who go crazy in the, in the West, out in the territories and their husbands can't take care of them and tend to their land. So, uh, the women are sent back East, uh, to Iowa so that, a Methodist minister can take care of them and, uh, care for them and take them into uh, an asylum if need be. Um, no man in the territory will sign up for the job. So, uh, this woman who lives out there by herself, um, Mary B. Cuddy played by Hillary Swank, who is uh, fantastic as always takes up the charge and, uh, sets up with a wagon to head East, uh, along the way, she saves the life of a man named Briggs played by Tommy Lee Jones. And, uh, he joins her on the journey. It's a really kind of old-fashioned Western, um, but it's uh, it's also kind of a feminist spin on it. So um, there's a lot of really good, uh, I think there are a lot of really great moments between uh, Hilary Swank and the three women. Um, I don't know, it's good. It's, it's about how like the, the grind of pioneer life 
uh, like weighs on women in particular who are maybe not so um, fit for being out on on the plains by themselves at all times. Um, you mean to tell me that lifestyle wasn't a breeze? Well, no, it was not. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's really good, and it was uh, it's based on a novel that I haven't read by uh, Glennon Swarthout, who um, who wrote um, The Shootist and um, oh Christ, there's another movie that was really good, and I can't remember. Um, but The Shootist, of course, was a was a novel that was turned into a really great uh, John Wayne western in the in the 70s, one of his last ones, directed by the great Don Siegel. Um, about a, a dying gunfighter. And uh, anyway, uh, Holmesman is terrific. It's uh, very, like I said, old-fashioned uh, Western. Um, but there's some really great surprises, a lot of great cameos that get called in. Uh, one of the women who uh, go mad is played by uh, Grace Gummer, who is, um, of course, one of Meryl Streep's uh, children. And uh, I have no doubt that that played into... Uh, Meryl Streep actually having a bit part in here, um, but also just really great uh, faces that show up occasionally, like uh, William Fickner, uh, John Lithgow, Tim Blake Nelson is in this movie, and of course, the star of Secretary, James Spader, <laughs> also in The Homesman. There's a boatload so, of people in that thing, man. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones got that name that brings all the boys to the yard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and he's he's uh, previously directed a really great movie too, um, called the uh, Three Burials of Melchiedes Sestrada. Um, so he's 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 at home in the western, um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's really good. This movie's great. I can't believe that I didn't go see it uh, in the theater. I feel really bad about it now. That was one I kind of always meant to go see, but never really got around to it. I think I think the trailer may have like put me off just a touch because it seemed a little corny. It seemed a little too formulaic. I, well, I, it, it is, but it's it's definitely. I mean, it is formulaic, but it's formulaic in the fact that like they do not make westerns like this anymore. Uh, the last Western that got close to being anywhere in the like this was uh, Open Range um, from, geez, probably, what, six or seven years ago or maybe a decade ago. I don't even remember when that movie came out. 2003, so 10 years ago, right? Not to be um, confused with Open Season, which was an animated film. No, not, <laughs> not Open Season. Open Range was, uh, I think Tommy Lee Jones was in that as well, but it was... Uh, or at least Robert Duvall, I know, um, and uh, Kevin Costner. Maybe Tommy Lee wasn't in that one. Maybe he was like making uh, Men in Black 2 or some shit. He probably was, whether uh, you knew it or not. Because but, if, there, uh, if there's an old, dusty lawman to be played, Tommy Lee Jones is probably playing it. Yeah, but I think that's who Duvall plays kind of that character in that movie. So maybe it's hmm. not. Maybe I'm just misremembering. Uh, speaking of which, Duvall, uh, just for Western fans out there, just because uh, I don't think that this gets enough... Um, he's, he's made, uh, quite a good run of movies lately. Um, uh, including, um, uh, what the fuck he was in get low and then crazy heart. And he, he had a, a bit part in this, uh, really underrated TV movie called Hemingway and Gelf Gelhorn that came on, uh, HBO. Um, and then of course he was in Jack Reacher and The Judge, and apparently uh, The Judge sucks. I never saw it. Jack the, Reacher the is judge, not great. The Judge wasn't but, terrible. It was but, it wasn't great, but it wasn't it wasn't awful. But Robert Duvall was also a couple years back in this uh, in this really great western called A Night in Old Mexico um, that I uh, had forgot about until I was just talking about him actually. But it was really good. So uh, if you're into westerns, uh, see The Homesman. And then check out this Robert Duvall flick uh, from a couple of years back, A Night in Old Mexico. Uh, it's it's good stuff. Interesting. All and right. he, he, of course, plays a cantankerous old man in that one. What? <laughs> of course. Shocking. Utterly shocking. <laughs> Utterly shocking. Uh, anyway, what you been watching, brother? Let's see. I only have really one. I just kind of... Uh, 
because I have access to actual cable television now, I haven't been delving into Netflix and stuff nearly as much, and I've been kind of watching you know special features on DVDs and whatnot. Uh, but I just happened to cruise. I was just like, I need something just kind of mindless to watch the other night, and so I um, I watched this uh, documentary called uh, Generation Iron. It's a kind of a muscle man sort of deal. It's cats that are trying mm-hmm. to be Mr. Olympia. I never wanted to be a bodybuilder by any stretch of the means, and if you could look at me, you definitely would know that. Um, <laughs> but I I find these things I find these kind of documentaries uh, very interesting, and the this this type of person very interesting. Going back to you know things like Pumping Iron and uh, Bigger, Stra- Faster, Stronger. Um, documentaries like that. Um, I just find the mindset of these individuals just uh, an interesting thing, going after this unreachable goal, this perfection, quote-unquote perfection of a human being and what they go through in their psyche and how they kind of deal with it. I don't know why. It's just it's, it's endlessly fascinating to me for some reason. Uh, but these guys are just like, it's so funny because they, they show a little bit of, you know, kind of flashbacks there and like pics and stuff to things like pumping iron and just see how massively ridiculous these guys are, even compared to, you know, Arnold and like Lou Ferrigno back in the day, how yeah. these guys are just like, they look like Rob Liefeld characters, you know, <laughs> they're just, <laughs> just gigantic. They have pouches everywhere. They have pouches. They have the tiniest of feet. <laughs> Uh, you know, but it's funny. The, the funniest part was there is a guy from Austria, very, you know, obviously influenced by Arnold to do what he's doing. And the hilarious part is, is this guy has been in the country a lot less time than Arnold has. His English is way better. And it's, it's just so funny to me. He still has the accent and everything, but he's far more understandable than Arnold ever is. <laughs> like, if you hear him at first, you're just like, is this Arnold talking? You're like, no, this is far too, you know the English is far too good <laughs> and they and they interview Arnold present day and it's just like dude you've been in this country for like 35 years why do you not sound better than this cat that's probably <laughs> been here for like maybe 10 I don't know but uh it's it's an interesting film it's not you know amazing but if you're looking to kill some time and you you have a weird fascination like I do with these uh you know insane human beings who go about to do what they do uh you know it it's worth killing a, a you know buck 47 on an afternoon or something. So yeah. uh, there was one hilarious part, though. It's sad, but it's hilarious at the same time. They got this one cat. You know, he looks like he's just like a just a hulk of a human being on top of this horse. He's talking about how, like, every now and then he's kind of suffered some injuries and wasn't able to compete with stuff. And he just goes, oh, you know, I've, all my stuff's been outside. I've never hurt myself in the gym or anything. You know, I don't really, uh, I don't have any problems or anything like that. I mean, last time I did that was like oh three. You know, so I mean, I don't, I don't hurt myself in the gym. It's not a real big problem. And he said something else or other, and then kind of trots off in the horse. I swear to you, this is the same shot. It doesn't break from this shot. Not thirty seconds later, this horse bucks that motherfucker off <laughs> and stomps on. <laughs> Nice. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. Shut your mouth. You were just tempting fate. It's just like, hey, look, man, nothing ever bad happens to me. Bam. <laughs> this is so bad. He still competed, though. But it was just like, you, dude, seriously, don't do that. <laughs> Fucking dummy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, another than that, I saw the Kingsman into. We'll listen to that full review here, movie podcast at herewoviepodcast.com. We'll talk about that some here next week once Matt gets a chance to see it and uh, all that kind of good stuff. Yes. Uh, so let's jump into this uh, because we didn't do it on Here Movie Podcast because we just, you know, <laughs> we had enough time to kind of, we were just like, it, it'll, we'll delve in far too much. And right. uh, when we're not going to talk a shitload about Fifty Shades of Grey here. There's only so much that you can really talk about this movie because not a fuck of a lot happens in it. So we're going to delve in a little bit to the news about Spider-Man and uh, where this has kind of taken us. And so the earth-shattering news that Spider-Man would be joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe as had been rumored for a little bit and then shot down and back and forth and people, you know, nerds just, you know, crossing their fingers, waiting and praying that something like this happens. Now, in the comics, Spider-Man plays a decent bit into the world, uh, to the Civil War saga that goes on. And, of course, the next Captain America movie is entitled Captain America Civil War. Right. And, um... So, and rumors were that, you know, maybe Spider-Man might get into this somehow. Oh, but some immaculate deal would have to be made with Sony in order to make this happen. Could it be a possible thing that would ever happen? Everybody's like, well, it'd be stupid of Sony not to do it. But yet, they're Sony, and clearly they're not smart on a lot of fronts. So, <laughs> Paul yeah. Blart Mall Cop 2 is coming out this year, folks. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but, you, well, know, you know, it what happened. happened. Like, the whole reason that this is that this is going to be a thing 
has nothing to do with Sony uh, getting their shit together or Marvel really even knowing what to do with it. Uh, it just it just so happens that uh, for the first time, Sony managed to make a horrible Spider-Man movie. Okay, I mean, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you your opinion was a on that. Really bad movie. It was bad. Uh, maybe some great stuff in it, but overall, one of the most disappointing movies uh, I've ever seen in a theater. Um, and you were aware that we saw Jupiter Ascending last week. I said one of. Okay. I would say honestly about that bad. It is it is as incompetently made. Oh, I don't not even close. I I think it's very close, but you know whatever. Electro uh, Electro just uh, plays itsy bitsy spider on whatever the fuck at the end of that movie. Um, but uh, here, here's the thing: uh, that movie did not do anywhere close to what Sony hoped it would make, and so now their only hope really. Um, because otherwise they would just have to relaunch the franchise again, is to piggyback off of Marvel's success. And so that's why this is happening. That is the only reason. They, they, I guarantee they did not and do not give a shit about uh, making the story cool for fans or whatever. I don't even know how they're going to shoehorn Spider-Man into the Marvel Universe at this point, but good luck to them, I guess. Um, I think it's a really bad idea, actually. I, I don't personally even like Spider-Man that much. I think he's really boring, but that's neither here nor there. I just don't think that this is going to be pulled off very well. I take the exact opposite stance. I think that um, if there's anybody who can integrate this well, if there's anyone who, and you, you are right in as much as this is Sony's last ditch effort to try to do something with this, uh, you know, flailing, um, you know, franchise that they have. Um, but, at the end of the day, I, I think they're going to be able to pull it off because if anybody can make this happen, it's going to be Marvel. Um, they, they, I think they could. You know, th these guys are smart and like they have this... a major storytelling hurdle. However, perhaps, but, but a major one, which but... is that Peter Parker has existed in New York this whole time where they've been, and there's been no mention of him or anyone related to him. Nor have there been any mention in the Spider-Man films, which people are familiar with, of any other superheroes. They exist in their own little microcosm cinematically, and I don't think that it's going to be pulled off well. I think it'll feel really rushed. I think that uh, there is a very clear way to write Spider-Man out of Civil War and have it be a decent flick. Um, but I think by adding him in, it's just going to complicate matters. Because who who in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is really going, like, in the films, I'm talking about in the films themselves, not me watching the film or fanboy mm -hmm. John sitting next to me or whoever the fuck else, right? Who in those films is going to give a single shit that Spider-Man, who they've just fucking met, has the role that he has in the comics, which is this extremely divisive uh character oriented thing they don't fucking know this guy so it doesn't matter well no i mean it's you're... just going to feel like shoehorned in because oh we've got spider-man and we need him for this plot point and then i just don't think it's going to work i think it's going to come off feeling like like shit honestly just just fully shit now see and see here's here's where i differ is because at this point uh, you know, I'm I'm on Marvel's train. It's like until they really like do something super wrong in my book, I'm willing to you know go with whatever their plan is. Oh, I'm I'm willing to as well. I just don't think this was ever in their plan, and that's what's going to cock it up. And and this will be the thing that makes me distrust Marvel if it if it blows. And see, I don't. I just I I, I don't know. I just don't. I have enough faith in them to really do this properly. And I don't think it's going to become about him. I think he he'll play a small minor role. And here's the thing: just because they ain't mentioned him doesn't mean that he hasn't existed in this world. Doesn't mean that he can't be given some sort of backstory that involves something somehow, some way. Oh, uh, we don't I know. Don't, I don't doubt that they're going to. Ha they have to do all that. They have to, but I mean, it can the, be done in like the, three sentences. I mean, it, it's like the Rob Rob Low bit, and thanks, thank you for smoking. It's just kind of a thank God they invented this such and such thing that we can smoke in space now. I mean, that's that can be explained away well, super quick. Yeah, but uh, but I think that that it's going to ring extremely false, given the fact that that uh, over the course of 
fuck uh seven years now uh they've built what feels like a cohesive universe and then all of a sudden they're introducing a new character into a film where he's not the main character right it's not going to work the same way i mean how's it going to be any different than what they're doing in you know age of ultron with quicksilver and 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 uh oh what's your fuck they're being introduced within the diegesis i'm saying what 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 will have to happen for it to matter that Spider-Man is in these movies beyond him, beyond people going, Oh look, it's cool. Spider-Man's in here. Like for him to have the meaningful role, the only reason anyone gave a shit that Spider-Man was not going to be in, in civil war was because he plays this pivotal role. There's no way to pull that off because they haven't, they've introduced fuck all. No, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the same thing. I think they'll have him play a role. He's not going to play the role that he played in the comics, just as most of this stuff's not going to play out. So then it's just going to piss off all of the people who wanted him in there anyway, because that's the only reason anyone gave a shit that he wasn't in the Marvel Cinematic Universe when they announced they were doing Civil War. It's the only reason anyone gave a shit. Maybe. I I don't know. I just, I just, until until they have to, they have to prove me that they have to prove that they are unsafe with this in their hands. Now, the really, the person that we should really be worried about here isn't Marvel. See, here's what your miss, your, your faith is mistrust. That should go back to Sony, who still at this point, they believe because he's, because he's doing, because he's going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is that that's been the fix all? That's been the band aid that's going to cure this, you know, the leak in the Titanic. Well, that's Be- the other thing. That's so, the problem so is because they're going to go so back and do your Sinister Six movie now, and they're going to they think that this is going to solve all of their problems. Sony should be the one that we're really praying for in this because they have no prayer because they were like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna co-produce this next movie with with Kevin Feige and and, and that's you know at least he's going to have some say over this stuff. But doesn't that then uh, also? Like, I don't know, man. I think that with that deal, the the taint of Sony just comes with it, right? Like, by making the Sony films, no matter what their plans are, which are terrible, they have been terrible, the whole fucking deal has been a stupid fucking plan to begin with. This whole, like, we're going to make uh, an Avengers-type franchise just centered around only Spidey villains, who are largely shit villains, by the way. Um we're just going to make up a whole franchise around that. That plan is still intact and it's going to just jettison from the Marvel universe now, which means that all of that shit will also be Marvel universe canon and Marvel has no fucking control over any of it. That's, I don't know. That's going a bit far. I don't think so not, at all. Cause Marvel's the, not crossing the, over. It, it doesn't matter Spidey's if they're, if they're over it. it. It matters that the same character in multiple movies is interacting in this other movie, even if it's just a one fucking time deal, or even if he shows up for like the next Avengers flicks, right? Uh, they will have the, it will have to be the same Spider-Man. That's the only way it fucking works for them to even do this deal. Are they just going to introduce the, a new Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and then the Sony films are going to have to be completely different and have different actors? Fuck no. Which brings me to my thought. Here's, I mean, to me, this is the only way that they super, they super successfully can do what they do without having to do a completely reboot and do all this other stuff again. So Civil War, we see Peter Parker. It is a whole big thing. Peter Parker does what he does, blah, 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 blah. By the end of this, Peter Parker dies. He's seen by a small child. And and we follow the ultimate book route in this, and then Miles Morales becomes our our Spider Man. And now, trust me, overall, I'd rather see a, a Peter Parker Spider Man over Miles Morales. I like Miles Morales well enough, but I'd rather see a Peter Parker wholly. But you know, to really have this work and be able to transition over to this, so that completely works is you know you're killing off your baby. You have to, and it's and it's comic books, so Peter can come back at a different time. It's not uh, going to happen because they don't have the rights to Ultimate Spider Man. They don't have the rights to it. They don't have the rights to that character. Who's got the rights to that? Sony? Marvel. Marvel has the rights for Miles Morales. They've only sold Sony, Spider-Man, whatever villains, and the identity of Peter Parker. What if Kevin Feige is the most genius man on the planet and is doing a fucking switcheroo and these dickwads don't even know it? Oh, the most genius thing ever. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. I just think that uh, that that'll never happen because uh, killing off Spider-Man will just fuck. It will piss off so many stupid fucking people who've read Spider-Man comics and never grew the fuck up. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I, I don't know. That's it's a whole nother ball of wax altogether. But I think we need to address the real matter here. You don't like Spider Man, and that's disturbing. <laughs> well, because because when I was a child, Spider Man raised I, you. I I spoke as a child, <laughs> and you, you see where I'm going here. Oh. Spider Spider Man is fucking awesome. If you're six or seven or eight. Or whatever, but eventually, uh, Spider-Man is just a whiny fucking teenager who spends forty fucking years bitching and complaining about oh Mary Jane, Mary Jane, my Uncle Ben, fuck that guy, man. Real human emotion, my ass. He's a whiny little prick. Fuck Spider-Man. Peter Parker is the least interesting character. I in thought the universe. things we we're gonna say about Fifty Shades of Grey would be the most controversial thing in this show, but I'm wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> dead wrong (laughs) it is it is definitely that peter parker is a shitty character that is the most controversial thing you will hear come out of my mouth maybe all year according to some people i I don't know uh miles morales is infinitely more compelling because uh he's fucking black and also you know who fucking hated him fucking spider-man fans so cool well, I don't know. That's just that's a whole nother dude. That's a that's let's listen. The Miles Morales versus Spidey is a whole. That's a whole hour long show in and of itself. I know, and, but you know, I'm just saying. I I think that uh, regardless of whether or not they pull it off for this one thing, um, it's going to uh, it's going to fucking blow. I, I don't see a way around it. It's going to suck. It's 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 too long. I, it's too early speculation. Let's just focus on the things that are important. Like how amazing Daredevil is going to be in April. I hope it's good. We'll see. I like that trailer. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That's it. No, I. I Why don't you I'm just actually, tell me Jupiter Ascending is your favorite movie of the year? Why don't you just so, shit on me that way? <laughs> so that no, this is this is the thing. I'm actually really excited for Daredevil. And I think that the that the real problem that Marvel should uh, have in mind is that uh, Daredevil is more exciting to me at this point than anything having to do with Spider-Man being in any of their fucking movies. No, I mean, I'll agree with that. Um, the fact that they're going to try to do something really ambitious uh, with their Netflix series... Uh, I think far outweighs the importance of Spider-Man doing anything. I do think it's hilarious that they've canceled all of the Fantastic Four books. I think that's funny as shit. <laughs> it because, is because also fuck Fox. They are really just Marvel is so throwing their dick on the table, going "What's up?" <laughs> than any other <laughs> yeah. company I've ever seen in my entire life. They're just going, you know what? Let's see if that works for you. Well, We're not going to have so, your sales. So unlike their relationship with Sony, which even, you know, even though Sony had exclusive rights, their their relationship was always good with Sony, right? Yeah. Uh, not so much with Mar- with uh, Fox. Marvel does not get along with Fox. Fox is, uh, of course, run by a bunch of dickheads anyway. Um, Hugh Jackman, poor fucking Hugh Jackman, wants to be in a goddamn Avengers movie so fucking bad. And uh, it's never going to happen because Fox uh, sucks. They're like they're like Warren Beatty, who I actually uh, don't dislike for doing this, but they're exactly like they're doing what Warren Beatty does, which is uh, occasionally Warren Beatty dresses up like Dick Tracy <laughs> so so that he can say that he's and does an interview like some random fucking interview with who, who knows the fuck who. Uh, dressed as Dick Tracy so that he can claim legally that he's still developing a, a, another film. So that he doesn't lose the rights. And that's what Fox does. They just keep churning out fucking X-Men properties, whether or not they're any fucking good, only so they can have the rights to them. They have no interest in this shit. It's the whole reason that they uh, have the Fantastic Four still is because they decided that, that, uh, you know, right before the lapse happens, we need to remake uh, that film. Oh, yeah. And I think that trailer looks like shit, too. Um, But we'll see, I guess. I never thought I'd be the positive person in this podcast. Okay, well, good. <laughs> and enjoy it. <laughs> I just, I really, like, you know... I'm, I'm apprehensive about the movie, but I thought the trailer was decent for the trailer for what it was. I, I don't I don't have super high hopes for it, but it gave me higher hopes than I had before the trailer. Here's the problem uh, with the Fantastic Four trailer, for me, is uh, Marvel has proven that uh, ambitious 
uh, weird ass sci-fi fantasy works for superheroes and fantastic four looks like it's fucking interstellar with a black dude who turns into fucking, I don't know, human torch. That's what that's what the trailer for Fantastic Four looks like, and I'll be goddamned if I'm going to sit through anything like Interstellar. Again. Oh, I don't think it, I think it, I think the trailer's meant to invoke that, but I don't know that the movies. It doesn't seem like it's going to be. No, I don't. I don't. I doubt it will be anything worth worth my time. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm just talking about the trailer. Yeah. Anyways, well, that's our positive movie reviews for <laughs> our our thoughts 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 and just. Hashtag hot takes. I'm one of I'm one of the I'm the upbeat one for this, and I you know I think better than bad. Matt's like burn it all to the ground. Um, so yeah, I just don't uh, I don't fucking care about Spider Man at all. I've seen all the movies, the Sam Raimi ones, fucking amazing. But all that shit that's amazing about them is because Sam Raimi did not give a single flying fuck about what quote-unquote made spider-man cool and uh just did his own fucking movies that happened to star spider-man he put dancing in it bitches shut yeah, up he yeah he did <laughs> and that fucking movie is way better than either of the other two spider-man that have come out in the last two years go back and watch that shit oh i have and i I'm know it's way better than amazing spider-man 2 and for my money better than the better than amazing spider-man but you know, whatever. Hate on it because he's got like emo <laughs> hair or whatever the fuck. That shit's actually out of the comics. The emo way. shit I don't care about. The but that, but that shit is, is actually out of the comics. And that fucking dance thing, it's one fucking scene. People can get fucked. No, no, really. The, the, the crime to me truly is in that, though, is, is kind of the poor mistreatment of Venom. That's, but I mean, and that goes to Sam Raimi because Sam Raimi's gone on record a long time. I don't care for Venom. So, yeah. Well, he didn't want to do it. Oh, no, of course. Right? And so, like, I don't give a shit that it was poorly done. Like, you know whose fault that is? Fucking A.V. Arad. It's fucking Marvel's fault. Because that's who he was with at the time. Well, I want to let him know that the Venom is uh, good <laughs> for character to make him bite him with teeth. It's my A.V. Arad person. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Let's get it. Let's let's talk about right, some more terrible some stuff. Sex, let's talk about sex. All right, so here is the uh, trailer. God help us all for uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. So this is just an interview for the newspaper. I just have a couple of questions. Mr. Grey, we'll see you now. What was he like? He was polite, intense, smart, really intimidating. Do you have any interests outside of work? What about you? I'd like to know more about you. There's really not much to know about me. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I am. What do you owe your success? I exercise control in all things, Miss Steele. It must be really boring. I'm incapable of leaving you alone. Then don't. I had a rough start in life. You should steer clear of me. That was the trailer for Fifty Shades of Grey. Our new release review of this week is here is the IMDb plotline. Literature student Anastasia Steele's life changes forever when she meets handsome yet tormented billionaire Christian Grey. This is uh, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, a lady. 
uh, written by uh, Kelly Marcel, uh, adapted from the book by E.L. James. Uh, we'll talk about all that kind of stuff in a moment. Starring Dakota Johnson and Jamie and Doran. Uh, yeah, Doran, that's it. And uh, so... This movie, uh, super hyped, number one at the box office, uh, based upon an international bestseller of which most people don't realize was based on Twilight fan fiction. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, we took all the uh, the vampire stuff out and made it into this this uh, story. Now, uh, neither of us have read the book, and no. I think because we aren't, you know... We're not the audience. Well, no. That's fine. I, I don't even care that people like this shit because uh, I like shitty shit too. So, like, that's so far beyond anything <laughs> that I give a shit about. Uh, no, people I, can like whatever they want, but I mean, it, it by all by all accounts from people that have literary uh, knowledge, th- it's written poorly. I mean, it's written uh, by yeah, an English still- lady who doesn't know shit about the north, uh, the Northwest. It's so very generalized. This is all from what I've understand. This is not me. You know, I don't know. No, yeah, but who cares? We don't. I don't want to talk about the books because fuck them. But I mean, it, it, it's what it's what informed <laughs> this movie. You know, they are. But also, like, who cares? Let's talk about this movie. I, I, I as far as the Twilight fan fiction part goes, uh, the only thing I have to say about it is that the first twenty minutes of this movie are the fucking Edward and Bella relationship from Twilight. I will say this though: could have used some vampires in this one. Might have made it interesting, <laughs> even if they were sparkly. Even yeah, I'd take a sparkly vampire if it would. It had juiced up this movie just a touch. Yeah, so let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, the the biggest problem with this movie is it's incredibly uh, fucking boring. I think is the way to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, the the sex scenes. Uh, let's get this uh, out of the way, and then we can return to it. The sex scenes are actually handled really well. Uh, they're they're not bad. I I found them like. Uh, really well shot, um, constructed. It's erotic uh, in the ways that they should be. Um, the sex is nowhere near uh, fucking kinky, however, um, which is a whole other issue that we can talk about. But but outside of those sex scenes, uh, this movie is a hot fucking mess of bad choices. And I think maybe all of them come from the book. I don't know. I'm just talking about the movie. The the movie itself is boring as shit unless there's like some spanking going on. And I think that's my biggest thing is that that's the extent of what this, you know, because it's all about, you know, the kind of dominant submissive lifestyle and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, of which I'll, I'll admit I, I know little to nothing about. Not just it just not, right. my, not my particular bag. I mean, I know from what I've seen mostly in movies, I'm not going to fucking sit here in front and tell you that that my knowledge goes much more beyond that uh, in CSI episodes. <laughs> um, right. But. Um, it, it doesn't really delve in too much to that stuff. I mean, the the most. I mean, there there's talk about things. There's uh, they're discussing over a contract and stuff. They 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 mention certain things, uh, but by and large, the most we see is you know a bit of spanking here and there. That's about the intensity of what we have. And there's only one of those scenes where you could consider that any of that was you know, so to speak, causing any amount of pain. Yeah, well, here's the the real problem with the BDSM thing, and, and this is well documented and commented upon online, so, like, just, you know, check this out on your own. I, I'm not an expert either. But uh, the real problem with it in this film is that instead of, uh, like, se- alternative uh, sexual experiences should be a liberating experience, uh, right, for the people involved in them. Otherwise don't fucking do any of this, right? Uh, And so people criticize this movie because Christian Grey's this really controlling, domineering creep of a guy, and he he kind of is. Uh, I think the movie downplays that, and probably rightfully so. It does make it more palatable. Um, Let's not forget that a lot of the stalkery aspects, especially early on, come directly out of Twilight, for example, um, where, like, you know, Edward would show up in the fucking bedroom window of Bella, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Sup, girl. Um, but, but the real problem with the BDSM for me, uh, just looking at it on a pure plot standpoint, is that it's not portrayed as a necessarily positive thing, and it's all because within the plot structure, it's tied to the, in all capital lever, uh, letters, deep, dark secret that Christian Grey has, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which we don't learn anything about in this movie. Um, uh, 
we assume that it's tied into uh, his mother or something, but but just having it tied to that plot uh, is problematic, I think. Um, and in any case, uh, I mean, other other than that, this movie is a straight up standard like romance, right? It's it's a bad boy, uh, controlling, domineering guy turns to mush when the right girl shows up and can change him and make him into like her <laughs> her lover, right? Um, who who's like the one for her? It's a standard plot. Well, the There's thing is, it's like they, it. he he's like you're the one who's changing me. It's like you changed like three degrees out of a hundred and eighty. Well, and, and <laughs> it's I like you didn't really change all that much. It's just like what because you slept in the same bed as her twice, well, and all know, of a sudden goes, too, you are changing me fundamentally. <laughs> yeah, but it's I, I think that's part of the the fucking just the plot is. Uh, all drawn out in weird ways and does, like this should be one fucking movie and one fucking book right because the trajectory uh, i don't fucking know anything about how the series ends but the trajectory they're on is that uh he lo- he is no longer this controlling domineering person right they live happily ever after or they don't live happily ever after but he's still not the same dark troubled human being he was before. This is the standard trajectory for these things. Right. So that's what I'm talking about just generally. Um, but it's just, uh, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't buy it, I guess. And also part of that's, uh, like the fucking dialogue is terrible. Um, I, I imagine most of it's lifted directly out of the novel. Um, but that, I think still is a shit uh, mark for the screenwriter um, because uh, you should change stuff. If you know, it's bad. I know that there are fans who want to hear this line and that line or whatever, but you know what? Uh, they already read three shitty novels. Who cares what they can uh, think? Uh, well, right? from, from my understanding, the, uh, the writer was very much involved in a lot of this stuff. Um, oh yeah, the the novelist. Yeah, E.L. James. Yeah, she was uh, she was involved uh, fairly heavily in you know kind of getting the screenplay out there and getting it to be done. I'll be honest though, I mean E.L. James. I'd rather I'd think I'd rather read the you know fine works of E.L. Fudge as opposed to this because this is just it is the most sophomoric crap writing that ever was. First of all, I mean think of the names themselves: Anastasia Steele. Are you a fucking Disney character? What is that crap? Well, Christian Grey, everyone look, in this movie wanna, talking I about... I don't care about any of that, because like, that's disparaging to a whole genre of, of books that are not my thing. Uh, if it were like mystery, right, something that I read a whole lot of, I would talk about how all the character names were fucking stupid or something like that. But just, like, this is not my genre, so I don't want to bag on it too much. Mm. I just want to talk about how the, like, the movie itself does not come off well. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, and 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 I'm gonna, you know, we're, let's talk about the movie. Uh, so this guy was not the first cat to be cast for this role. It was supposed to be originally one of the many people. Uh, well, Charlie Hunnam was on for a while, who's a very good looking man. And that movie probably would have been a little better. Because number one, Charlie Hunnam's a better actor. Well, well, Jamie Dornan's great in the fall. Okay, I haven't seen uh, so, but I can is, just say which this: is a great show, and if you have Netflix, check it out. It's uh, like twelve episodes, two seasons. Uh, it's him and and Gillian Anderson. Um, but uh, like, he sucks in this movie, and I don't know if it's just that. Uh, like, I mean, he is bad for the role. I think generally, um, and I think he's even said that there was some interview where he was talking <laughs> about how like this role was not necessarily his his deal, right? Um, but God, is he fucking awful in here? Uh, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm I don't confused know what to make at him. his casting. I mean, like, look, I'm not going to sit here and say he's he's not an attractive man, but he is not the man that they make him out to be in this movie. Of like all these chicks going, oh my God, he's so gorgeous. It's like he's a very in the in the parlance of Hollywood, he's a very average looking dude. Yeah, well, and 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 in real life, not many people do that over Jamie Dornan, right? I mean, like comparatively, I've seen people flip their shit. For Charlie Hunnam, right? Yeah. Uh, but for Jamie Dornan, there, I know he has a fan base. So if you're out there and you're listening, I'm not. I'm not disparaging. I'm just saying, like, the the Hunnam fans 
flip their fucking shit for that guy. If there was and like a Hunter or like Alexander Skarsgård, they're like dudes that like you could know that like ladies would just it would just drop for so to speak. Anyone, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. And dudes, um, I mean that you know Alexander Skarsgård's hot enough to make you go, well, you know, he seems like a nice man. I'd make out with that brother. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I will say Dakota Johnson, not bad. No, uh, she I, was fine. I for what she had to for and, what she had to work with, she was fine. Oh yeah. And uh but you know, she's been good. I, I told you, I think we talked about it on the show even, maybe, or or maybe it was just after the show, but you know, she was in that um that show that got canceled on Fox. Uh that could be any show. Called uh well, it was uh <laughs> Ben and Ben and Kate. Okay. Right? Uh and that show was great, and she was really great on it, and um she was also in uh fucking Oh shit, what was that movie? Um Fuck. The David Fincher flick where she banged uh Mark Zuckerberg or not Mark Zuckerberg, uh Justin Timberlake's character at some point. And like then, right? That was like one of her first oh it's fucking social network, that movie. She was in right? that? Yeah, but uh, like she had a very small bit, but I remember even then, like, oh, she's doing something here. Uh it was like very little, right? Like it was like a post sex kind of scene okay. or something. Um, but she's, she's good, man. I can't, I, I want to see more from her. Um, and, and she's got a lot, a lot of stuff lined up. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not exactly like Dakota Johnson is some unknown quantity, right? She's the daughter of Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith for fuck's sake. Uh, you know, which is something in and of itself, but, uh, she's good. She's good in here. I, I do say, uh, I, I do want to say that it's bullshit that Hollywood continues this fucking double standard, though, where, like, there's uh, Dakota Johnson standing around in the nude, and uh, fucking Jamie Dornan, uh, I think, has some pube shots. He has uh, he has and, maybe a pube shot that's like close and a little top of 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 shaft, but like but, for half a second. But it's just like for a guy who's like really into like a lot of sexy stuff, his pants are on all the time. And they're always the same pair of jeans. It's just a pair my, of my, jeans. <laughs> it's the same one. My my friend Mary, I went to see this with, and, and, she, and she she kept every time they'd go to his playroom. Uh, she was like, "Well, I gotta go put on my playroom jeans." <laughs> Mom he, says I'll always, get these dirty if I don't. Well, he was always dressed like in suits and shit, and then every time they would have a sex scene, fucking ripped ass jeans. Got to strap on my Wranglers <laughs> to go fuck a gal. <laughs> Um, and and the real problem with uh, let's talk about these sex scenes for a minute. So, so if they're handled really well, right? They're like, I don't know. I, f I felt like <laughs> like this for for the movie to be something that is like, yeah, let's show up and and watch some sex scenes. Let's have this be an erotic experience. Sex scenes are good, right? Mm. Uh, arguably the the only good thing about this movie that isn't the soundtrack. Um, but as far as the sex goes, I don't even know that I would qualify most of what we're shown as technically BDSM, right? I mean, there's a couple of uh, like leather cuff scenes. Um, there's a little bit of whippings. like that's like the lightest kind of like whipping that you could like if you were right. like wanting to like the first thing that you would do to just barely dip your toe in that water. That's about the level that you would get. And then and then honest and then like after that, really, uh, it's like pretty standard sex, right? Like tops, bottoms, right? Regular old doing it. Um which was, and, I'm sorry, that's fine, I, it was just, like, that's what was all boring to me. It was just like, this is supposed to be this kind of outrageous sort of thing. And it was the most timid shit I've ever seen. There's more hardcore sex in, in sex scenes in, in a lot of other just recent Hollywood films. Even I'm, just kinkier, right? Like not even, not even hardcore. Well, just yeah, like, just, yeah, I mean, yeah, just like that's a little bit out there that makes you feel kind of like almost a little, almost a little dirty for having watched it because it's that kind of like, you know, experience. This just seem like a kind of glossy soft core you know shitty porn yeah there yeah it had that tone to it the, the sex itself it's just like, like the, well you're never going to see any penetration but there's the idea that it's kind of there there's the sort of idea that something's going well, I'm not on i'm not even talking about needing to see i'm not even right? saying that you see it but i'm just saying it's just in that kind of like but it's but, but, but it's of that level like secretary right like the like the sex scenes in Secretary are largely the same ish, right? Like it's a lot of spanking and that sort of stuff. It's not like out there explicit. Um, 
but like there's something to that that's kinkier and maybe it's just the nature of of the actual relationship where like there's no pretense that that like uh james spader is not just going to be a freak Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, by the end of that movie, whereas here, uh, Christian Grey uh, is clearly set up from the fucking beginning to be like uh, the true love of Anastasia Steele, right? Like, um, you really classed right. her name up there. What's that? I said you really classed her name up there. Good job. I don't fucking. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean, though. Like, uh, like, like from the beginning, he has lines like "You're changing me" and that sort of shit. Uh, whereas, like. If this were really kinky and it were about, there would be none of that shit. This is a straight up just romance, right? There's nothing even remotely off kilter about it other than the fact that he's really secretive. But that's just like every rich dude in any movie ever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I thought the sex scenes were just fine. And, and uh, the soundtrack is fucking awesome. No, so. the soundtrack is good. I mean, there's there's some good that they paid some decent money for some good needle drops in this film, and and Danny Elfman's score is good. Uh, it is extremely good. It's not in there a whole lot. There's only a uh, like two or three songs that he made that he did for this movie, but uh, it's very good work from Danny Elfman uh, in in ways that you haven't really thought about hearing his music um, because it's not bombastic and shit. Maybe he's maybe he's finally turned a page. And he's just going to leave, like, loud drumming to, like, Hans Zimmer or something. <laughs> he's just like, Hans is doing enough for the both of us. Let's yeah. just kind of dial that one back. Um, but, but you know, there's some great tracks in here. Uh, like, uh, the Beyonce stuff is actually really good. The uh, Saya, see, I, I have never actually said her name out loud, but she's fucking <laughs> awesome anyway all the time. But her song, Salted Wound, uh, is really great. Ellie Golding's uh, song. And... The fucking movie opens with a killer goddamn rendition of "I Put a Spell on You" uh, by Annie Fucking Linux. It was good. It was, it real was good. fucking good, man. Uh, I might buy this soundtrack. I don't fucking know. Uh, I might do it. No, nah, it was it was good stuff. I mean, you got everything from the Stones in there. I mean, just a lot of interesting, just like stuff that and like and you know and that's another scene that I thought was like a really nice kind of thing is like you know is she and it's it belongs in another movie. But she's, you know, waking up and making breakfast for him, and she's kind of in the shirt and kind of doing a little dance and stuff, being her own little world, listening to Beast of Burden and stuff. And it's kind of, it's fun, and it's just like, and then it's just like, then it becomes this other thing, and like, I just don't, I, I don't like this character. I don't care for him. It's just like another guy who, you know, this is a chick who wants to get into this world to understand what's going on in this bozo's head, and his explanation for everything is, you just wouldn't understand. And she gives him the rope, and uh, she gives... She throws a life preserver to his dumb ass and goes, I will help save you. Let's figure out what this is. I'm here, and whatever you say, I'm okay with. And he's just like, I'm I'm 50 shades of fucked up, which I laughed out loud at the theater because it's a horrible goddamn line, delivered horribly. Yes, Um, it is. It was so bad, and it was just like, I I thought, you know, and and not not to say that, you know, people that would have this proclivity would everything has something quote unquote wrong with them, but it, it probably stems from something, some point in their life, you know, and it seemed well, like it almost, and it seemed like it almost wanted to explore that, but never, ever came close to doing so. Well, and it was annoying. Books, man. Oh my God. If they make two more movies of this, I may have to murder. It's already announced. It's happening. Oh my God. You know, it was before it was based on just the projected sales. So this movie this weekend, I forget what the final tally is, but it uh, it was projected to clear eighty five million. Yeah, it's going to do that. It, it's, um, we're recording this early, so but yeah, it's it's. I'm sure it's done that. Uh, let me see if box office has a just a thing of it right now. Uh, yeah, so it's it's at eighty one point six currently. Yeah, so when the actuals the come out, it'll probably see be in somewhere in that neighborhood. But mm-hmm. I just you know I, I don't know. Yeah, and it, shit, man, I just saw this headline, too. $158 million at overseas sales this weekend. The thing is, is, like, if it if something else happens, like, if it went in a different direction, I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, maybe, look, if you, if you guys want to have a weird fucking time that, that explores some weird sex stuff, 
go watch Nymphomaniacs Volume 1 and 2. Volume 1 is better than Volume 2. Volume 2, you want to talk about getting into some weird sex stuff that kind of really... Volume that, 2. That crosses the line over this kind of shit? Watch Volume 2. It will fuck you. Like, that's the yeah. kind of... That, that it needed to go into that weird territory. Well, I don't need to see... I mean, and I mean, probably that's what fucked this up for me, too, right? Is like, I've seen uh, not only Secretary and... Fuck, man. Even uh, also, as my friend Mary pointed out, like, there's kinkier uh, BDSM in Exit to Eden, and that movie has fucking Dan Aykroyd and Roseanne, uh, and uh, Rosie O'Donnell in bah. it, right? Um, but, but uh, yeah, I think, like, probably Nymphomaniac, right, just by the nature of that beast, uh, of what that movie is, uh, like, by... This is so fucking vanilla. Yeah, it's uh, like because because volume two explores this kind of area way more and like in intensive into where you do feel dirty watching volume two, especially volume one explores more about women's sexuality and stuff than this movie could ever dream to. Uh, and I think Volume One is a far and has a fantastic Uma Thurman performance in it. She's only in it for about ten minutes, but God, she steals the first half of that yeah, movie. She's, good. she's so good in that. Um, but this movie, I it like it, it's it's and and like you know while Von Trigger's movie at the end of the day, I don't think completely works yeah. as far as from the subject matter destroys this one by a landslide. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, even if you took out the NC seventeen stuff. Which doesn't necessarily have to be there, to be quite frank, to still be fairly fucked up. Uh, just yeah. the, the the literal pornography stuff that we see. I mean, that's not completely necessary. But I mean, even if you took that stuff out, it's still just far more sadistic and weird and kind of fucked up than this movie could ever claim to be. And that's why it felt like just just a trip to you know a PG thirteen kind of thing where we see some nipples more than we normally do. Yeah, and a couple of butt shots. Yeah, but no real full well, frontal from her, not really. But so I mean, so it's just yeah. it was so tame on everything. And and you're right, we could we could we could do to see a dick in one of these movies. I There's just it's, it's just never standard, there. Right? Oh no, like, you're 100 percent right. Like Kevin Bacon I, 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 shows his dick all the time. People, come on, and he doesn't even have yeah. that much to be proud about. <laughs> well, I mean, he's got a pretty full slab. But he he's of, he, of bacon. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> He's no, he's no Willem Dafoe, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm not even, I don't even care that they're not actually that explicit. I just think, like, the sex itself is pretty tame. Uh, just that's, the acts that's that the problem. being performed. That's, that's the, the problem. problem. Because, I, I'm, you know, and I, I don't need explicit. I just need something that's going to go somewhere that makes me feel like the hype that this movie got and how it was just, like, it got this well, kind of it's thing book, of transgressive right? sort of thing. Well, fucking go balls out. Quit being a pussy. It, the reason that this book exactly. sold is cause it, because it was that way. Make it that way. Don't Don't be a pussy about it. That's my my thought. Uh, so, uh, final thoughts, man? Don't see it. Go see Kingsman. It's a way better movie. You have a fun time watching that flick. It's great. First great movie I, of 2015. I'm not, I, don't, I, I don't even know if I can make recommendations. If you're going to see this movie, you're going to see this movie. You've probably already fucking seen the movie. Uh, I'm guessing most of our listeners haven't. That's just a guess. But, but, but you know what? It's not bad. Uh, it's I, w- I will say it's a bad movie, but it's not a ho- a horrible and very much not a terrible movie, right? Uh, it's it's like midnight movie bad. What this basically is is a midnight movie for housewives, I think. Like, it's not yeah, campy this... enough. It's not campy enough to work for like people who aren't its target audience, but it's certainly not. It doesn't work straight. I'll tell you that. Yeah, if you're a Midwest housewife. Mm-hmm. who wants to feel a little naughty and do something that's a little bit kind of risque go, go buy with a couple go, of friends go buy go yeah go with a couple friends or better yet what you'd probably more than likely do is you know buy a blu-ray or something on the sly and kind of just shove it into the blu-ray player one night and just kind of you know sit back and just go ooh I'm being so naughty that's what it feels like that's who this movie's for is somebody who thinks that like sitting back and like le- not letting anyone know that they purchased this thing or you know or have hidden it like somewhere the, the copy of this book somewhere in their bathroom so no one sees it that kind of thing if you were if you don't have this book laying out in in public to where people can see that you bought it uh then th- this movie may be tantalizing enough for you but if you you know if you've ever had this book in the open or, you know, it, you've ever looked at a Playboy, you, you may not you care. 
Yeah. Because it's it's I mean, it's nothing. It's it's so it's so vanilla. Yeah, I think that's its biggest problem. It and on a visual level, it's boring as shit. Can we can we just? I want to end on end by talking about yeah. this, right? Like, uh, outside of the couple of times when there's like a really amazing, like the wardrobe is amazing, right? Uh, Anna wears some great clothes in this fucking movie. Um, outside of the times when she puts uh puts on clothes that have been bought for her, and there's like a pop of color. This is the blandest fucking color palette I've ever seen in a film. And it's not because the, like, uh, the color is degraded uh, in the image. It's because every fucking color is a fucking white or a black or a gray. And I gray. get it. Fucking shades <laughs> of gray. But Jesus fucking Christ. Can we have, like, this guy lives in an ultra modern apartment that is all blacks and whites. Ugh. Fuck that. Can can we? I, and here's another thing. She's very she's an attractive lady. She comes from good stock, as we've mentioned previously. So she comes yes. from good looking parents. She's fucking a good looking girl. Johnson killer. Come on. When he had long ass fucking hair, man. I think John Johnson's a very handsome man today. Even he is indeed introducing even introducing Don Johnson, no doubt. But um, so she's 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 very pretty. She's prettier than her friend in this movie. <laughs> And, you know, just the kind of, it is so, like, 80s, like, we're going to tie her hair back a little bit. They did everything but give her mousy glasses. She wore the dumpiest, frumpiest crap in the world. And it's just like, I'm sorry that this girl would not be at her age of what we'll assume is somewhere in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um you know, she she would have like she acts like she's never even. Not only has she never had sex, she's never seemed to have been approached by a man before. She is a very attractive girl, and now she goes, "Oh, no one that I would ever you know consider." And this mm-hmm. just shows how shallow of a person that she is because he, he does fucking nothing. It's not like he has a magnetic personality. He's a fucking you know wet rag. He's he's yeah. a boring human being, and so but any like man. And so and I'm sorry, this seems like she's a gold digger who does this. I know that's not. Her ultimate goal, but really, when you peel back the layers of this onion, what else do you really have to point to? Um, he buys her some nice shit. She he gets a new car and stuff. Uh, no, man, because here's the thing: she's already doing just fucking fine, even though she works at a goddamn uh, hardware store. Yeah, which is I ridiculous. I don't think she. I don't think she's gold digging. No, no, all. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that was her goal. I'm just saying that they haven't given her anything other than that's what she's getting right now to really make me want to believe that there's something that she's going after him for because it ain't his magnetic personality it ain't his good looks well exactly that is what it is though it is that he's magnetic they don't write it they don't write it that way i think it is written that way i think that jamie dornan is not magnetic so it i think their chemistry does not fucking work no i think it's a dornan problem the Dornan problem. That's what we ought to name this episode. Uh, yeah, but, sure. The but, Dornan problem. But she's she's attractive enough, and it's just like it's this it's this stupid shit movie cliche of like I mean like even her friend goes oh you're wearing that, and she's just this unassuming kind of bullshit thing that's going on. Now I think if they would have gotten a, a, someone who was not as as pretty as her, this might have worked a little bit better. Well, I I don't know. Even, except even in the books, it's made really uh, plain apparently that. Uh, that she's gorgeous and just doesn't fucking get it because uh, everybody tells her she looks great. And she's just like, oh, I don't look great. Blah, blah, blah. And she definitely does that in this movie. So yeah. I don't fucking know. And, and look, it's like Adam Carolla says. I've it's like all these girls, they know the second they hit 16, they look in the mirror and just go, oh, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. That's what models do. That's what good actresses do. They get the 16 years old, they look in the mirror and go, oh, I'm actually really hot. These chicks, trust me, they, you know, there's, there's nary a woman who's actually hot that doesn't fucking know she's hot people it just doesn't exist well anyway uh this movie's not terrible it's not good either (laughs) (laughs) so i will agree with that it's not it's not terrible but i sure as hell will not go so far as to say it's it's good it's a tepid recommendation at best i've given it like a two out of five stars so yeah i'm I'm exactly the same wavelength uh if spider-man were in this i'd give it one (laughs) Uh, one out of five, but he's not. So two out of five, it is because it has no Spider-Man. It would have livened this up a little bit for me. Maybe I would. Maybe I would have gotten at least half a chub if that had happened. Who knows? I, w- I would have fallen the fuck asleep if Spider-Man had shown up. Could have been much more boring than this was. 
Anyways, uh, so next week we got Hop Tub Time Machine 2. And we'll talk about the Kingsman. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the Kingsman and stuff. We'll and, hot tub and if time. we get bored enough, we'll go check out the Duff. I might check out the Duff. I, I've only seen, like, one quick trailer, and I was just like, I don't know. If we get really bored, maybe. I get bored <laughs> a lot, so who knows? All right, everybody. So uh, go drop us a review on iTunes there. We got one new review. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to check the thing right now because uh, I don't know that the words ever came up. But I know somebody just get, dropped us a review, and so we appreciate that. So uh, if you haven't, uh, it, and here's the thing. We've been putting out this show very consistently, and we appreciate you guys all for listening who have. But if you've listened for, you know, at least three or four episodes here, you know, for heaven's sake, do us a quick favor. You know, it's not taking a whole lot of time out of your day. Just hit the old thing there. Hit the old iTunes. Drop us a five-star review. Say a nice word or two. We'd really appreciate that. So uh, yeah. until then, Matt, where can we find more of your work on the Internet this week, sir? Well, I'm uh, back to reviewing pretty regularly on the splitscreen.wordpress.com and follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. I'm taking a little bit of a Twitter break, but sending out a few interesting things here and there. I just have a, a shit ton of writing coming up, so I, I'm not on Twitter as much as I am normally. There we go. And of course, you can follow us at the Film Find at Adam Portress. You can go to uh, uh, thefilmfind.com. There you'll find the ways to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, the whole nine yards, all that good stuff. Listen to my other podcast, Hero Movie Podcast, at heromoviepodcast.com. This week, we discussed The Kingsman in full. Uh, first, first great movie of 2015. I've said it right now, and I've said it again and again, and I will uh, back that statement up. Super load of fun. If you like Matthew Vaughn's flicks in the past, definitely go check that out. But listen to our review at heromoviepodcast.com. That is it, it, everybody. Until we talk about Hot Tub Time Machine, The Kingsman, a whole bunch of other shit next week. For Matt Smith, I'm Adam Porter. Take it easy, everybody. I want to be your dominated love slave. want to be the one who takes the pain. You can spank me when I do not behave. Smack me in the forehead with a chain. I love feeling dirty. And I love feeling cheap. And I love when you hurt me, so drive them staples deep. Whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. What kind of ball Please leave a crap message after the beep. The fuck? Um, I've never left a message for one of these things before. Peace out, motherfucker. Uh oh, uh oh, oh oh, oh no, oh no, no. You've got me looking so crazy right now. Right now, right now, crazy, crazy right now. <laughs> hey, man. I took a dump, so I'm ready to record. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. It's all that's awesome. required. Get the get the evil out of you before you get it out on the show. That's entirely true. I'll give Cause, it. I'll give it. Because next week it's what hot tub and duff and whatever the fuck else. I'm interested <laughs> enough to see hot tub. I'll watch that. No, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, I'll I'm watch even saying, duff like, too. I don't even know. Like I seen like one half a trailer for it. I don't know. I mean, now that I have movie pass. That's the thing, dude. You just go fuck it. I'll watch it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You just go you just go, meh, you know, I mean you know, sure, why not? <clears throat> I will say the upgrade to IMAX is worth it for this movie. <laughs> and uh and not for any reason pertaining to the movie.